Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. It's the midweek service. We want to welcome those out there in the stream environment. How you doing? Glad that you're with us. Uh, I trust that people from all over the world have, have found uh, this church and our broadcast. And I believe that the Word of God is strengthening you. I believe the Word of God is encouraging you. I believe you're growing because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So glad you're with us uh, tonight. Uh, I thank uh, I thank all of you for your support here at the church. What a what a privilege it is to gather and, and to be a part of what God's doing on the earth. Amen. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and we, we've already prayed, but I I, I want to just do this before we, we we open the book, open the Word of God. Just just close your eyes right now and, and do that at, at home if you have that liberty. And, and I want you to close your eyes and 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 just. Just repeat after me, but add faith to what you're saying. Add a, a believing with what you're saying. Say, Father in heaven, I thank you that when you wrote the word of God, when you gave us the anointed word of God, you had each one of us in mind. All the questions that we have, all the things that we don't yet know are contained in this book, the Holy Bible. Help us to dig deep tonight. Help us to open our heart wide. Help us to allow the teacher who's in us, God the Holy Spirit, to reveal to us that portion, that nugget of truth that we've been seeking and that we need. We're going to leave here changed by the work of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God in Jesus' name. Now, everyone that believed that, just lift your hearts and say, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, we've been talking about the subject matter of being sanctified. I believe the title that's on the stream is Working Out Our Salvation. And we found out last week that sanctification is like righteousness. Sanctification is like righteousness. First and foremost, you receive righteousness in your heart through the new birth. And that's what we do with sanctification. We found out last week that when we accepted Jesus Christ, we were made brand new. And in that 
recreation of God, of our human spirit, we became pure, we became holy, we became like him. And we received a complete work of sanctification. There's, there's nothing else that God can do to your heart right now than what he's already done. You're already perfect. You're already a reflection of him. You're already sanctified. And that's how it is with righteousness. You can't add to that righteousness to your spirit. You're already the righteousness of God in Christ. But then like righteousness, you need to start showing forth what you have become on the inside through the outside that people can see it. And that's normally by things that you're saying and things that you're doing in terms of behavior. So we, we pretty much covered what we've become inwardly with the sanctification that we receive from God. But tonight we're going to look at getting it to the outer, the outside of us. So say, I've been sanctified. So now I need to get that sanctification who have become in Christ to be seen by all men. Now, let me give you a definition of outward or sanctification that can be seen by those around us. Outward sanctification is the process. Everybody see that? It's a process. See, inner sanctification is instant and forever. Outer is a process of maturing in Christ. So we begin living on the outside who we've already become on the inside. So it's the process of revealing what has taken place in our heart by demonstrating godly behavior outwardly. Now how many of you know that this isn't necessarily one of the most popular subject matters in Christendom. Anything that is revealing to us that we have a responsibility to do something in terms of what we receive from the Lord, it's not so easily embraced. But I'm telling you, <laughs> it's going to bear a tremendous amount of fruit and blessing upon our life. The Bible says that godliness, acting like God in our behavior, is profitable. And the opposite is truth as well. The opposite of that is true as well. If I'm going to act like the world, I'll miss out on a profiting from the Lord. Amen? So let's look at this outward sanctification, this working out of our salvation. Understand that this, the, prog the, the process of this taking place begins with growing spiritually. Every one of us has been born a baby. In fact, say this, when I received Jesus, I became a spiritual baby. Amen. Well said. And so that puts a requirement upon, upon us to grow. Hallelujah. Look here in 1 Peter 2.2. 2. 
What were we, what were we when we were born again? Babies. I don't care if you were 90 years old when you received Jesus or you were six. You're a spiritual baby when you're born again. It says it right here, 1 Peter 2.2, as newborn babes. Notice it doesn't say as newborn adults. No, newborn babes, what should we do? Desire, be hungry for what? The milk of the word. It's just like with a baby. You don't give him a steak. He's, he's too young. He isn't developed enough to, to digest meat. All he's going to do is put a cork in him. No, you, you got to give that baby milk, something that will feed that, that young infant body so it can grow. And so it is with us. We need to begin discovering through the knowledge of God, first and foremost, who we have become. Hallelujah. Number two, we have to discover what we've been given through the inheritance we receive through Jesus Christ. And how many of you know that we could, we could take a month in each one of these areas and still not tap into all that we've become and all that we've been given? And then number three, we need to discover what God is willing to do through us. As we represent Jesus Christ on the earth. Amen? All right. So this is a process, and so that's where this begins. We need to be feeding on the Word of God, begin growing, and then we can begin seeing who we are, and then it becomes natural to act that way. Hallelujah. You see, the image that you and I have of ourself will pretty much dictate how we'll behave. Amen. Amen. So it's up to us to change that image, that self-image. The Bible talks about that as, as you see yourself, so are you. As a man thinks of himself, so is he. Amen. Amen. Many of us are products of our environment and how we grew up. And we got to shake that off. Because now we've been born into God's kingdom, and who that person was no longer exists. Amen? Now, once we know who we are, then we begin this growth of allowing who we are, what we have, to begin being demonstrated or seen by other people. I heard a, a person say this. Think of your life. Think of what you enjoy, what, what, what the things that you do that give you pleasure, the things that you think about most of the day, the things that you become involved in. And then consider, is there enough evidence for other people around you to convict you of being a Christian? These are moments when it gets quiet in church. You see, that's a reality that we need to embrace. Are we truly representing Jesus Christ in those things that give us pleasure, in those things that we're pursuing, in those things that take up our time? Hallelujah. Everybody say amen. amen. 
Say good preaching. Go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. It's, it's so interesting to me that right now there are many churches uh, in America that they're either in one ditch or the other concerning this subject matter. Either they're over in one ditch and they've become so legalistic that you're living by rules and regulations and you're you're depicting whether God loves you or to the degree he loves you by how much you're doing this legalistic behavior and then you've got it over in the other ditch where you have these people teaching that well you know God's grace has been extended to you and your sin has already been forgiven so live your life however you want. You can do whatever you want because of God's grace and because Jesus already paid the price for your sins, so live it up. You see, th those are two ditches. We need to get in the middle of the road. We can't be legalistic. We need to live from our heart. And God's not going to squash us uh, like a bug if we make a mistake. Amen? Or, or this man, Bruce Conover, would have been squashed a long time ago. Because we all make mistakes, right? Philippians 2.12. This is where we get that expression, work out your own salvation. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Do what? Work out your own salvation. Now people will read that and they'll interpret that to say that your, your salvation is based upon your good works. But you and I, we know that that's not true. Wag your head. I hope you, you we know that, right? <laughs> right? Amen. So it's not talking about earning salvation through good works. So what is it talking about? It's talking about work to the outside what you have received on the inside. Work your salvation from the inside out. Remember we talked about is there enough evidence in, in our lives to convict us of being a Christian? Well, that's that process of working out who you've become on the inside so your behavior reflects that. So there's, there are some things that are going on in the world that in our heart we don't have the liberty to do or to be involved in. Because what they're doing and what they're producing is not who I am. I'm not following rules and regulations legally. I'm just knowing who I am and, and, and what environment I should be in and those things that I should be doing. I think a lot of us are double agents. And Sunday morning, we're this person. Hallelujah. And then during the week, we're this, wahoo, anything goes kind of a person. Well, 
How many of you know that we have to have a little bit more continuity than that? That's the person that doesn't know who they are. Amen. So he says to work out. Get that which you've become to be seen by those around you through what you're saying and what you're doing. Amen? Amen. Now, I'm going to read that from the Amplified. Sometimes the, the, the women's version Bible is, is, is a good way to put a little bit of meat on the bone from the King James. Philippians 2.12. It says to continue... How often? Continue. Remember, this is a process. Continue to work out your salvation. That is to cultivate it, bring it to full effect, actively pursuing spiritual maturity. How? With all inspired fear and trembling using serious caution and critical self-evaluation to avoid anything that might offend God or discredit the name of Christ. You know, our testimony is dependent upon our demonstration of what we believe. Like the value of what I say about what Christ has done for me, the only way it's going to be validated by the person I'm speaking to is if they can see that in me Amen. by my behavior. Amen. You see, our testimony is so valuable, we have to cherish it. We want the words that we speak to someone to have a certain value. If I'm saying one thing and doing another, then the words that you speak, they lose their strength. They lose their reality. Amen? So as we say, to work out means to work to the outside through behavior or good works, the person we've become because of Christ. It's interesting what it says in 2 Corinthians 3, 2. It says that you are an epistle. You are a letter written in our hearts. You are known and read by all men. It says in the NIV, you yourselves are our letter. You're written on our hearts. You're known and read by everyone. The New Living says that the only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. Your lives, the way you live your life is a letter written in our hearts and everyone can read it and recognize our good work amongst you. You know, uh, today, I found myself at a tire shop and made an agreement with the man behind the counter that they would put these tires on this car and they would have it ready at this time. Because we had to drop the car off and so we had to go home and then come back. So we gave them an extra 30 minutes from the time that they said that they would have it ready. 
And so we pulled in to the tire shop, and I, I had parked a particular way, and I'm saying to myself, these guys haven't even touched that car yet. That thing hasn't even been in the garage yet. So I go in, and I couldn't find the salesman that I originally talked to, and this other salesman came out, and he says, how can I help you? I said, well, I came to pick up my car. Oh, are you in that car out there? Yeah, that's, that's the car. Oh, we haven't touched it yet. Well, all of a sudden, this billboard of my life and my behavior became very evident because I got very agitated. And I told this guy in a calm voice that I wasn't happy. And I got so much time in a day, and I, put, I squeezed you into this time to get this done because I got other things I got to do, and now here I am, you don't have it done. I think the vernacular is I think I ripped him a new one. Now you understand I never cussed, I never, you know, went too out the boundaries, but this wasn't even the salesman that I made the deal with. And so he said, I can get it done in, in what was it, 40 minutes. Okie doke. And I left. Well, how many of you know that after I left there, the Holy Spirit had a talk with Bruce? He reminded me that I was going to pay for the tires with a card from Birthed Family Church. <laughs> and I'm, then I'm going, oh my goodness, I didn't think of it that way. I thought I was just a lone ranger that nobody recognized me and I was just going to zip out of here after, you know, and, and I knew that I had missed God. I had misrepresented God. And even if I was paying with my own debit card, how many of you know that what I did was a little over the top? Yeah, amen. I could have discussed the whole matter with him from a different perspective instead of me, me, me. And so I got back after the Lord had this conversation with me behind the woodshed. <coughs> and I knew I had to go to this guy and apologize to him. And so I went to him and, and I, I just said, I am so sorry. First of all, you weren't even the guy that I talked to initially. You're not the guy that told me when this was going to be ready. You're stuck in the middle of this and I... I treated you wrongly. I am so sorry. Please forgive me. He was gracious enough to forgive me and said, don't worry about it. But you know, sometimes we've got to clean up our messes. Amen. And then when the original guy came out to, to take the church card to pay for the tires, I didn't even mention a word about it because it was resolved. Yeah. Amen. And I never had said anything to him. You know what I'm saying? And so you and I have to be aware that we're not just representing ourselves in life. Come on. Mm -hmm. 
apparently Bruce hasn't learned that lesson completely. But remember, this is the process. And so you, 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 you make repairs as you go. Amen? And, and do it better the next time. So when we begin to allow us to be seen on the outside the way we are on the inside, there's really two areas that we have to be conscious of. Number one, we have to walk in love towards others. What did Jesus say in chapter 13, verse 34? He says, I'm giving you a new command. Notice he didn't say, I'm giving you a suggestion. I'm asking you to think about this if it's okay. And if you, if you get around to it, go ahead and do it. No, he called it a commandment. Amen. Well, why would he command me to do that? Well, because the Ten Commandments are still relevant. Amen. Did you hear what I just said? Oh, no, Pastor, we're in the New Covenant now. We, we, we don't have to be right with God, you know, doing the Ten Commandments. That's true. But the Bible says that we still have to fulfill those Ten Commandments in our behavior. Not to be saved, but just to be obedient to God's law. And he says that walking in love is the fulfillment of all of the Ten Commandments. So he says that you are to love one another as I have loved you. How did he love us? Well, he loved us while we were yet unlovely. How many of you know that I was supposed to love that attendant? Not because he served me really good, but even to love him when he didn't serve me in the way I thought he should. Does that make sense? Aren't you glad we use living examples here at Birth and Family Church? I'm not always happy that I have to use myself to do that, but, but I, I think that brings the reality of what we're saying to light. We are to love the unlovely. We're to treat others with compassion. Here's a good, good word right here. Respect and dignity. Yes. You see where I missed that, Mark? Amen. Even though they haven't earned our love or deserved it. When we do that, now I'm, I'm believing by the grace of God that when I told that person that I was wrong and, and treated him in a wrong way, that he saw that my life was not just about me, but about someone else who's in me. Even in mistakes, we can allow Jesus to be seen. I'm not saying to do that so he can be seen. You know, when we make the mistake. It makes our life, when we are loving others who are undeserving, it's easy to love the one who is deserving, but to love the one that's undeserving, it makes our life a powerful book that people read. Get this. It reveals the one who's living in us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 
goes on to say in verse 35, we just read verse 34 in John 13. It goes on to say, by this. Well, what's by this? Loving others the same way that Jesus loved you. So by this, and I put this in to fit into our sermon tonight, by this, by our outward, outward demonstrating sanctification, shall all men know that you're my disciple. Amen. Because you've just loved one another. Don't you want to be known as someone who's following Jesus? And, and sometimes that has a negative impact. Because you will be persecuted when they recognize that. Especially family members. People that you want to have love you. But that's not always the way it goes. Amen? So every time that we show forth love, we're allowing the nature that's in us to be seen to those around us and for them to be impacted by it. Right? It's advertisement for Jesus. Number two, we need to be sanctified outwardly by abstaining and not being involved in worldly activity. How many of you know that the world has a way of doing things? How many of you know the world has no real boundaries anymore? You can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. The world says, whatever gives you pleasure do it. Be good to yourself. Do whatever you want. But look over here in, in 1 Thessalonians. And so everybody, uh, we're coming into some turbulent airs. Uh, please buckle up. Make sure your tray is up in the full upright position. We're going to hit some bumps here. You ready? You strapped in? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1. We'll read se several verses here. And then we're going to read it from the Amplified just to really uh, play with our mind. Furthermore, we beseech you, brethren. So he's talking to believers, those who have been born again. And I exhort you by the Lord Jesus, as you have received of us, how you ought to walk, how you should behave, and how you should please God so that you may abound more and more. You see what the Apostle Paul saying, we came into your midst and we lived and acted a certain way. We're, we're encouraging you to follow our example. Because what we're doing by following after God and his ways is pleasing to him, and I want you to please God as well. For you know what commandments, everybody say commandments, commandments. we gave you by the Lord Jesus. 
And, and you and I already know what that commandment is, right? Verse 3, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification. Now, this is talking about your outward sanctification, meaning that you're, be, you're living holy because you are holy. You're, you're living a separated life from the world because you've been separated from the world. You're in it, but you're not of it. You should abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess or control your vessel, which is your body. In what way? In sanctification, that's holiness, purity, separation from the world and its ways, and honor. That's pretty strong. I said that's pretty strong. You and I don't have the liberty that a lot of people say that we have, being Christians. There are things that we, we have to avoid. I looked up this word fornication today, uh, translating it from the Greek. And it's everything that you think it is. Amen. We've got to be careful that we get a how do I want to say that we get this liberty from the world that is okay to be like the world. Now, understand that the reason the Lord has given us these parameters is so we don't become prey to the enemy. You see, we can open the door to him when we're out doing things that we know we shouldn't be involved in. Amen. It's, it's kind of like the Lord saying, don't touch the hot stove. same way a good parent will tell their children be careful don't do this don't do that because you really don't know what you're losing in your life you don't really realize what you're exposing yourself to and yeah you just might get away with it a couple of times but before you know it it'll have you I mean, you know, we could meddle here for a long time, but you, you get it, right? You, do you get it? How about out there? You, you understand what he's saying? I was going to read that from the Amplified, but you know what? I, I think you guys, I, I don't want to belittle that point because I, I respect you and I believe that you understand. Hallelujah. So, how can, we, how can we possibly separate us from the world's behavior? Well, we don't have enough time tonight to really go into a lot of it. 
but first we've got to begin locating what kind of worldly behavior is not good for us. You know, what kind of program should I be watching on television? What movie should I go to? What books should I be reading? What websites should I be on and which ones shouldn't I be on? We, we, we've got to be very careful. Sometimes curiosity can, can get us into trouble. But to, to give you the short answer, let's go back to verse 12 of Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my, or not only in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out, work out that which is in you to the outside, through your behavior, your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now again, how am I to do that? How am I to, to walk in that love that he wants me to walk in? How am I going to treat others the way he's treated me? How am I going to resist those temptations of the world and live a godly lifestyle, a wholly separated lifestyle, one that's free from the entanglements of sin? Verse 13 is the answer. For it is God who worketh where? In you. Both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Amen. See, God's in us to help us. God's in us to help us. Now, I'm going to close tonight with a story. So get the popcorn out. Here we go. As the, as the legend goes, this is a trapper that lived up in the Northwest. This is back in the 1800s. And he was making his living by trapping beaver and other critters. And he'd, he'd work out in the woods, out in the wilderness all week long. And then on the weekend, he'd come back to town to sell his hides and to buy supplies to go back out the next week. And this trapper, he had two dogs. He had a white dog and he had a black dog. And so, as the legend goes... When he would come back to town, he'd sell his wares, he'd have money to spend, and so he'd, he'd find himself, you know, in the saloon on a Saturday night. Kind of celebrating his success in the past week, trapping and bringing those hides to town. And as it would happen that 
Every Saturday night, his two dogs would get into a fight outside of the saloon, and, and everybody would come out of the saloon, and he'd, they, they would watch these two dogs fight. And one week, one dog would win, and then another week, another dog would win. They were very evenly matched. And so this became a, an opportunity for the people in the saloon to start making bets on which dog's going to win. So all week, you know, they're excited. I can't wait for the trapper to come with his two dogs because we're going to bet on who, who's going to win the, the dog fight on Saturday night. And so every Saturday night, a lot of betting went on. And week after week, week after week, they started to notice something that the, the trapper always knew which dog was going to win. And he was making more money on the, the betting on the dogs than he was in the, in the hides he was bringing in. Well, finally, the, the, the people of the town, they, they said, well, this thing's rigged. We're, we're not going to bet anymore on the dog fights because, obviously, he's always going to win and there's going to be potential that we're going to lose. And so they finally cornered the, the trapper and they said, okay, the, 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 the gig is up. We're not going to do this anymore, but... We want you to tell us, how do you know every week which dog is going to win? And the trapper just kind of smiled. He says, well, it's really kind of simple. Before I come to town, I always pick which dog I want to win. And so I just feed that dog. I don't feed the other. So when I come to town and they fight, the dog that's stronger always wins. And so you and I have a white dog and a black dog. The white dog is our inner man. It's our spirit. It's the one that's been sanctified and is washed and cleansed and is holy. And we got a black dog our flesh and the nature of that black dog is unchanged through the new birth it still has a nature of selfishness it has a, the nature to enjoy worldly activity and behavior so if I want the white dog who I am in Christ to win guess who I gotta feed I gotta feed my spirit and make it stronger than the black dog. That right there gives us a hint. It doesn't take much feeding of the black dog to give it an edge over the white dog. And if we just give it a little room and allow the feeding of it to get into that imagination of ours, It'll stir up some emotions in us that many times are difficult for the white dog to overcome. And so we've got to be careful who we're feeding every day.
I going to feed the white dog today? Well, I'm going to take the black dog off the chain and let it go out there and get into some garbage cans. Get stronger. Whichever one we feed, that's the one who's going to win. But now when we start feeding the white dog, we start feeding our spirit, that's when God rises up and begins working in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. And, I, and you and I, we can, we can win at every turn. I said we can win at every turn. For greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And I can do all things through Christ because he's there to strengthen me. I'm more than a conqueror through the one who died for me. Amen? So, Father, tonight we thank you that we are sanctified. Each one of us, we are new creatures in Christ. You have recreated us. You've made us like you. And now we are righteous. We are holy. We are pure. And your love, your nature, is now our nature. Help us to work out who we are on the inside to this black dog who's on the outside. Help us to reel in. Help us to reel in those, those behaviors that doesn't, doesn't make us stand out like we can. Because we don't want to blend in in the world. We want to stand out. We, we want to be a light. We want to be the salt. We want to be an expression of Jesus in the earth. And I thank you, Father, as we continue to walk in growing and maturing in you, and we begin to practice those things on the outside, Father, we will, we will be an epistle that's read of those around us that begins to reveal that someone lives on the inside of us, being that person, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, as you figured out tonight, was more of a meat service. Yes. How many of you know that we can have milk of the word, but then sometimes there's meat of the word? So let me encourage you to kind of chew on it. Don't let it choke you. <laughs> chew on it. Get it in you. And I'm telling you, it's going to bring a supernatural strength to you. And it's going to help both you and I, amen, to be more like Jesus. All right, you guys, appreciate you.